and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin, and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern-day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I'm back from my slight celebrity trip to the podcast show last week, which was a crazy experience. I didn't realise how introverted I was until I had to meet people face-to-face, to be completely honest, but really glad I conquered my fears with that. I had a really good time. I also managed to spend half an hour chatting to Chris Broad from Abroad in Japan, which is amazing. I was very starstruck, but... It was altogether a pretty good day. It's also the Jubilee weekend over here in the UK at the moment. It's currently the Bank Holiday Thursday and it's Friday tomorrow to celebrate the 70 years of good old Queen Lizzie on the throne. So depending on how much you like the monarchy, huge events are happening all over the UK to celebrate. Or I suppose mourn if you're on the other side. I'm personally not too bothered by the monarchy, it's just something that's there. So I'm just enjoying my time off before starting my new job on Monday. How exciting. I have slightly recovered from my sinus infection. You can probably still hear it in my voice. I'm still a bit snotty. I'm so sorry to just say that. But we're getting there, hopefully. I'm a lot better than I was last week. Anyway, we're heading over to New Zealand for the first time ever this week and looking at something a little bit different for us. And that's because I'm not too sure if these count as monsters, to be honest as they're definitely more a supernatural being, but I think that kind of counts in our remit. So what are they? They are the three witches of Auckland. So if you're a regular listener of the podcast, and (laughs) thanks, you'll know that I have a structure of kind of describing them. I usually talk about the description and then the origins, then I talk about the cultural stuff, whatever. However, with this monster... They're going to be a bit basic in description, so the origin and descriptive parts might kind of merge into one. So please do bear with me, it's a really different different structure to what I usually do for this. So I just wanted to kind of experiment and see how we could get along with the ghost stories as well. Anyway, this all starts with a story that I think is probably the best kind of way to tell this one too. And it all starts in the largest park in Auckland which is in New Zealand, and the park is called Auckland Domain, which is one of the most visited places in New Zealand, and just beyond the capital of Wellington, although I can say the wonderful little set town of Hobbiton from Lord of the Rings is between the two on the north side of New Zealand, so on the North Island. Specifically though, if you head into Auckland Domain Park and head over to Garden Road, there's a place called Watson's Bequest, and there, there's a pond. Next to the pond, there is a beautiful statue of three women. These women were the witches that I'm talking about in this story and were hung under the tree where this statue sits. Anyway, got a bit wild on geography there, but... Basically, in Auckland Domain, for the last 200 years, there have been reports of cackling and long, tall shadows growling and hissing at passers-by. These are apparently the ghosts of the three witches depicted in this statue, and they are the main culprits of the episode today. It was said that these three witches were hanged for witchcraft back in the 1800s, and have since then haunted the domain in the evenings, appearing as these long, haunting shadows 
that scratch passers-by, laugh at them, cackle, or even just appear behind people. There's apparently a definite way to see them, and that's by driving up the road and turning your car lights off whilst having your car pointed at the statues, and then you'll be able to see the shadows of the ghosts darting between the trees towards you. Unfortunately, we don't know anything specific about the witches themselves and who they were, not even if they were witches themselves, which they probably weren't. They were probably just normal women who didn't fit into societal norms in the 1800s, much like the European witch hunts, which we'll kind of get into a bit later. Now, we don't have any etymology for this because the monster is called the Three Witches of Auckland Domain. There's nothing to digest here. Although we do have some that links into the history around this part and the witch's story from Maori culture. So how did this story come around, I hear you ask? Well, the park itself is one of the oldest in New Zealand, with a massive tourist pool due to the Auckland War Memorial Museum plonked right in the middle of it. So it's not just some random park either, you wouldn't just stumble upon it. It's very much got a cultural significance in New Zealand. The park, however, is even more significant than that too, because the early history is that this park was named Pukekawa by the Maori people as it was considered a banging piece of land. It's known as an isthmus, which is a piece of land surrounded by water between two other pieces of land, kind of linking them. Sounds like an island, but it's kind of more complicated than that. Either way, great piece of land. It was also a volcanic site, so very fertile, and sits on the side of an inactive volcano. So the Maori used this site as the perfect point of defence and also settlement, because it was on a hill. However, this is where the etymology comes in, because the English translation for Pukekawa means the Hill of Bitter Memories, and the name was upheld during tribal battles between the Nafui and the Ngāti Whātua tribes, which were obviously immensely bloody. As in most cultures, the sites where any large number of people had their blood shed is associated with ghosts, spirits, so this would have originally started the area's association with death and ghosts anyway. In 1642, the Europeans made their way over to New Zealand, and we know what's going to happen now. They brought over their culture, traditions, and obviously they desecrated anything native, because that's what Europeans do. They brought over their customs, and during the 16 to 1800s, we had the witch craze, which we also took over to New Zealand. It's believed that during this time, the persecution of these three women in Auckland Domain happened due to the introduction of this cultural murder obsession, and the park was even sold to the Europeans by the Nutifuata tribe in the 1840s. So we imagine the murder of these women was after this fact, as they wouldn't have had access to the land beforewise on a cultural and significant ground to the Maori. The statues that now sit in this historic site were built in 1955 by the sculptor W.H. Wright for the centennial or 100-year anniversary of the park. But the statue doesn't actually have a name. However, although they're referred to as the Three Muses or the Three Graces from Greek mythology, they're most often referred to as the Three Witches, as it does sit very nicely under that hanging tree where they were historically murdered. But the actual statue is meant to represent the personifications of strength, wisdom and fertility, which brought Auckland to prosperity back in the day, and it does actually include a male figure in the middle of the statue, 
So to link it to the three witches when it's not even three women is actually pretty wild. The site has gone on to host cricket and rugby games, exhibitions, a water reservoir and botanical gardens since the 1800s. So if you're out in New Zealand, 100% would give this park a recommendation, give it a visit and I'd especially love to know what happens after dark. But there's no actual record of when these hauntings began or when the records of people being attacked by things in the shadows began. But based on the bloody history of this park, I can imagine that this has been around for longer than we may think. But it's a real ghost story that has lasted generations within Auckland, with the story being passed down from elders about staying away from the park past dark, and it's still commonly used for kids to show their bravery to each other or as a dare, so it's definitely still prevalent in modern culture there, which I think is just so great. Anyway, moving on to cultural stuff, it's an interesting one this week. For art, we're certainly looking at more modern things, as it's a much later ghost story. They're also quite unspecific, I'm afraid, as there's not much to these three in NZ. But we have Parkus by Gabrielle Brun from 2007, The Three Witches from Macbeth by Daniel Gardner from 1776, The Three Witches by Henry Fazilli from 1783. But my favourite by far is actually some independent art, which is by the fantastic Jessica Lawser from last year's Inktober, which is a celebration of art every October, usually spooky based as well for Halloween, but it's an absolutely beautiful portrait of the three witches of Auckland themselves. Obviously we have no idea what they look like, so they are very much beautified and whatever, but it is a beautiful, beautiful portrait. If you can get your hands on it or even have a look at it, I really recommend big props to this artist for this one here. I said this earlier, but the statue of the three witches is still standing. You can go visit it. It's an absolutely gorgeous and actually pretty massive statue. So big recommendation to go and see that if you can. The site is also the place where Britain beat New Zealand in the first ever rugby league trial back in 1910. And they've only let us win eight games since then. So it's pretty cool for you sport fans to visit too. There's not really any specific modern media bits with the three witches in specifically. However, there are loads of modern stuff with triple loads of witches, and here's a fun little reference to those. So in movies, we have ones like Clash of the Titans, Hercules, Shrek, Sleeping Beauty, The Black Cauldron, The Craft, The Witches of Eastwick, Hocus Pocus, and Throne of Blood. My absolute favourite there is The Craft. It's an amazing film about witchcraft, especially modern witchcraft. So highly recommend if you haven't seen it. It's from the 90s. For TV... We have Doctor Who, Legends of Tomorrow, Charmed, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Three Spirits, Once Upon a Time, Gargoyles, The Simpsons, Winx Club, and Steven Universe. In video games, we have ones such as Banjo-Tooie, God of War 2, Loom, Hades, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Shin Megami Tensei, and Final Fantasy X2. My recommendation for this one big style is always The Witcher 3. There's a really, really good scene and quest story about three crones. They're all hideous. They get you to do horrible tasks for them. I always really recommend The Witcher games if you're really into story-based games, especially fantasy, although the combat is a little bit tricky. So do what I do and just watch someone else play it. That's, that's what I do. My book recommendation this week is always going to be Will Shakespeare's Macbeth with any witches involved. It's probably the lead fiction book, at least on this topic. But then for facts, I would really recommend The Origins of Wizards, 
Witches and Fairies by Simon Webb for a fantastic overview of how witches and wizards came into folklore of so many different cultures worldwide. Lastly, for all you Maori mythology fans, have a look at Maori Myth and Legend by A.W. Reed. It's got some really great Maori myths in here and you'll be surprised at how many you actually know, but it's a great book for these little-known mythos in the western side of the world. Now it's time for Do I Think Existed? I love a good ghost story as much as the next person, especially ones about witches, and honestly, considering how in-depth this one is with its history and the ghostly Maori legend part really being only the mythical bit of this story, it's still absolutely fantastic. However, knowing the history of witch hunts across the world, especially European witch hunts, the idea that witches are haunting the park after most likely being unjustly hung is pretty fair. Usually in ghost stories that have actually been researched, it's all due to the spirit having some unfinished business or betrayal going on in their former life which we can definitely see in this story, considering it's highly unlikely they were actually witches. But who knows? Famous witches include Anne Boleyn, who apparently haunts the Tower of London. This one is proper all over everywhere in the UK. Most people are aware that she haunts the Tower of London. I have no idea. Some reports are all over the place, so we will certainly see if that holds up. Also, the European and Maori influence on this story, in contrast to each other, is so interesting to me. The idea that the site is sacred by the natives, but desecrated by the Europeans coming over, hanging native women on it, it's such good content for a story and truly encapsulates folklore of both the colonisation and also of native people. So it's a really good story either way, even though unfortunately really tragic. But I'm very much on the fence about ghost stories and the existence of ghosts, So for me, this one is most likely people scaring themselves after hearing the story and just very well-placed shadows. But who knows? Do you think the witches haunt this park? Let me know on Twitter. I'd love to hear what you think. Well, that one was certainly a bit different than what we usually cover. A bit more ghostly, a little bit more historically ingrained in the ground rather than in a monster, so to say. It's certainly different than what we'd usually go for I'm really glad I got to kind of experiment and test it. And I'm also really glad that we got to go over to our lovely pals in New Zealand. And don't worry, I have more up my sleeve soon about actual monsters as well as more ghost stories. So don't you worry. Next week, though, we're back over in Old Blighty for a monster that technically doesn't belong in folklore or mythology. But I couldn't help but cover it. It's just too fantastic. Grab your man flesh next Thursday for the Orc. We're going to find out something about an actual made-up monster. This one should be good. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. And I've got the Twitter for any questions on suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are MythMonstersPodcast, and the Twitter is MythMonstersPod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. But come join the fun, share this with your pals, and they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes! Mm-hmm.